1: And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. We welcome in the entire gang, Josh. Uh, well, Eddie, I've just, we Josh and I had a discussion about this. You have to introduce Josh now, because apparently you can't say his last name. Uh, excuse me? Apparently you have problems Mc- saying his last name.
0: Josh McQuistion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is Bob Presbilla laughing hysterically in the background. Uh, Eddie Radosevich and Josh McQuistian joins us. I am Kerry Murdoch. And guys, I think I today, of all the days that we've done the podcast, I... I feel like Tom Hanks standing up on the top step of the dugout uh, in a league of their own saying, we're going to win because I think we're <laughs> going to have a football season.
0: It was very welcome news today. To uh, it, Today feels like the first official step towards the start of the process. And, uh, you know, we're obviously recording this after the NCAA Division I Council has voted to approve voluntary athletic activities for football, men's basketball, and um, what's what's WBB? Women's basketball? Yeah, okay.
1: yes, WBB is winning. I know what that
0: means. Three uh, G first, and <laughs> And I mean, it. It's. I guess two things have to happen now, guys. Right? It's going to be what the Big Twelve Conference does, and when they vote to allow students back onto campus, and then it goes to uh, the individual universities, and it kind of leaves Oklahoma specifically in what I think is kind of an interesting position uh you know with what right lincoln riley has said it as well as joe castiglione and that uh, there is no hurry to get anybody back to campus
1: we're gonna win we're gonna win there's the coronavirus you stink. You're gonna You're... and he hit him with the glove oh,
2: stillwell oh, angel oh, would be <laughs> a perfect embodiment of the coronavirus just a yeah. total punk ass. Just a bitch. Uh, yeah. I, two key things here: A, I'm willing to bet Eddie's never seen that movie. And B, that was the date I went, That was the movie I saw on my very first date when I was a kid. You mean I was like 12, you, when you 13. were going with someone? Yeah, like no, like, yeah, like the first time I went, like me and a girl went to a movie. We went to see *A League of Their Own*.
1: I think mine was the movie *Silver Bullet* with Gary Busey oh. and one of the Corys.
2: <laughs> those that's a fair thing. Like there should be tests on that because the Coreys are wildly confusing to me. I can't. Well, right.
1: Co- yeah. Corey, Corey one's not Feldman t- is dead, but Corey right. Feldman. Corey, Corey Feldman a. is the one that should have died.
3: And Corey Feldman's the one with that crazy doc that came out recently.
1: I'm not watching I don't care. I I will watch Joe Exotic five times before I watch that. What movie? There's a documentary that Corey Feldman came out with, I guess, apparently. About it shows,
2: Wiki- Wikipedia says Corey Feldman is alive. No, Corey Ham yeah. is dead.
1: I said, Corey oh, Harry,
2: okay. not Feldman okay. right. gotcha. is dead. Gotcha, gotcha, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's still doing that weird shit with his hair, heroin, guys, the little. They? Oh, it was the 80s. I'm sure they
1: were just about everything, guys.
0: Getting that smack? Oh,
1: they were, they were into pretty much everything, yeah. Heroin coke whatever it was the 80s like josh said even robert downey jr was a junkie in the 80s i was never
2: older than eight in the 80s and i got my hands on some good stuff so you know whatever
1: (laughs) see eddie you're not the only one with the checkered past
2: i
0: don't have a checkered past i i I don't think that i have a checkered present what
1: you have a checkered present is that what you're trying to say
0: uh, not with doing smack
1: or meth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Sometimes
0: I kind of think that I should.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, by the way, a uh, great job on the emergency pod, uh, Bob and Josh. I know there's a, a segment of the fans that are mad that Eddie and I are back. But that's fine. And that's some look, it's not something that we'll do every week. But after big news like that hits, that's definitely something we'll continue to do.
3: Yeah, I mean, really, it's kind of up to the Sooners to... Produce days like that
0: if they if they want more. Whenever whenever there's fireworks, we'll do one. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah. I, Bob brings up a good point. If you're mad about no not more recruiting podcasts, yell at the coaches. They need to land more five stars, and then boom,
1: we'll have more podcasts. I mean, you know, that's it's a simple cycle. But to wrap, I mean, to, to go back uh, to to the weekend, which uh, welcome all you new subscribers. A Really. Really great turnout for signups over the weekend. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, make sure you hit up Josh at SoonerScoop.com if uh, you want to be a part of the SoonerScoop community, and uh, he'll get you taken care of. But um, let's just recap it again. But in, as we move forward, because you know the NCAA has extended the uh, non, you know the the no contact period for recruiting, uh, which means uh, it, what is it till July 31st? That uh, you cannot is, have on-campus visits June at this time? June 30th. June 30th, 30th
3: okay. June, yes. Okay. Although li- Lincoln expects it to go longer, was what he said last week.
1: Hmm. Well, in the, you know, Josh, I know you, you raised an eyebrow at the whole Division Two thing, um, them lifting restrictions and allowing people to make visits to campuses, which that's a little bit different deal because there's not a bunch... I don't think there's... Is there, are there even scholarships in Division Two? I guess there uh, are. You I
2: was gonna say, you were asking the wrong guy. That that all the anything below basically FV, FBS confuses me to no end. Like I mean, like I'm, I I know some of the highlight teams. Like I know North Dakota State. I know some of that stuff. But how they actually break down is a total mystery to me. I I couldn't tell you who most schools. Okay, in, so Division D2, two, D three. I'm used. Division
1: two football operates kind of like baseball does, and that you can give someone a full ride but you only have 36 scholarships total to uh, divvy out between 85 okay. people.
2: Okay. So I mean,
1: not quite half a man.
2: Uh But yeah, I, th- that whole thing it just didn't make sense to me and I and I know um a coaching buddy of mine had said something along the lines of well, there's not as much, you know, there's not a lot of kids coming, you know, from all over the country to go to East Central's camp. I'm like, okay, that does, that, that has some merit. It does. But you're, I mean, like, you're talking about things that also would, um, you know, permit guys to take their trips, you know, one, two players go. Like, I get maybe you don't want to host a camp where you're going to have 250 kids all in the same dorms or all in the same football facility. Like, I, I can get that. But, like, we're going to shut down recruiting like you know kids can't come with their you know them and their two parents or you know five or six guys at a time can't show up that that to me to differentiate that from one level to the other that that just doesn't make sense to me that feels like something that like it feels like a weather balloon to me like they're going to run it up there in division two because it's not going to get a lot of attention and then they can kind of see what the reaction is and then move forward from there.
1: I think it's kind of like, you know, what we saw with the OSSAA releasing um, their guidelines for uh, players returning to work out and and get, you know, individual or or instruction team. Like, I think when more colleges start coming up with their plans about how they handle, um, you know, testing people, whether it's temperature, uh, you know, not letting people on campus with over 100.4 degree temperature. Like, when all that stuff starts getting into place, and teams have the personnel uh, to, you know, enact those types of standards and rules. Then I think you'll see it open up pretty quickly for people to be able to come to campus, recruit, recruit-wise. That's my guess.
0: Is the next shoot to drop basically for the Big Twelve and what their decision is, and then OU reacts to that? Like I, I the biggest question mark on the board right now is going to be with, you know, with the NCAA. When can OU get players to campus is going to be the most logical question. It's already been asked a million times. When can they get back to campus? I, I mean, I, I still don't think before July 1st is going to be uh, an option out there. Or am I completely wrong? Does that get accelerated now? Uh, and I guess it's a lot depends on what the Big 12 decides to do when they allow the schools to get uh, players back.
1: Well, and maybe it's someone else. I mean, maybe OU just doesn't want to be that. South Carolina, where they're the first to jump out there and say, This is how it's going to go. Maybe they want Alabama or somebody else to start opening up their campus to recruits so they can say, Okay, well, what like Lincoln Riley said that you don't need to bring players back too soon, but I can guarantee you he wants to get recruits on campus as soon as he can.
0: Yeah, I mean, but there's the the SEC is going to pass it on Friday. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. They're going to allow players to be back on campus by June 1st. OU fans are going to flip shit if OU doesn't have their players back on campus until July 1st.
2: I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one yeah. of those things that the, the schools are now going to have to exert pressure because once the NCAA pulled back and said, we're, we're going to let you guys do what you want to do. The, uh, as far as, you know, team activities, you know, the SEC is going to, op- it's going to be the wild West and Oklahoma and Texas and all the other major programs, Bob Bowles, we can't go to them with like, yeah, we're going to make you play with a hand tied behind your back. You're not going to have summer workouts while all those other schools are.
0: I mean, in in a way, this is on top of Texas. Their coaches have spent a week in in the offices. And I know that doesn't mean a lot. I know OU coaches are probably working more right now than they would if they were in the office right now or out on the road recruiting. But in the same manner, like people are going to become impatient. And I, I, I understand that that's probably not the best way to look at it. But that's just the flat-out truth of what's going on.
3: And it feels like comparable to what's happening nationwide in terms of California, Texas starting to open up more. Once you think about losing things, how quickly things can start changing. Once you start talking about having teams team from California play in the state of Florida, or just when start thinking about S- the STC schools being on campus and you're not, the decisions, they get altered very quickly.
1: Well, and it's it's also going to be interesting because you've already started seeing some comments come out about, well, maybe we can have fans in the stands if we do it this way or that way. I just, you know, I really wonder how that's going to play. Is it, it's almost like, look, the customer is always right. I mean, I know that's something that we struggle with all the time because people want to tell us what to do because, you know, they pay money. <laughs> To, to be on Sooner Scoop, and they feel like they have that right. And a lot of times, they do have that right, but sometimes, you know, it's just unreasonable. People are not going to like it when some people can get in a, a stadium and watch a game, and they can't. Like, you just can't make it to where, you know, all the suite holders can get in, but, you know, it, the, the top donor levels are the only ones that are going to be the twenty to 30,000 people that get to go to these games.
0: Oh, Mr. Smith, it looks like you only donated 25000 last semester. I don't think you can come in today. We're, we're already let, uh, reached our allotment. I'm sorry about that. Maybe next week when Kansas comes to town.
2: I I just I don't understand why anybody acts surprised about this. Like, that's, that's the way this is going to work. Get your minds around it. Get ready for it. The stadiums are not going to be full, and the people that have – given the most of the program, are going to get preferential treatment. This is, I don't know how this would surprise anyone. The pe- there is an obvious comparison to make for the people that are going to get mad about this, but I, I am going to avoid that because I don't do politics on the podcast, but there is just a level of stupid that you just have to do away with. Like that's Just accept that this is coming and that you're going to get to have football, but you may have to stay home and watch it instead. I uh, Jason
3: Jason Kersey has uh, oh
1: god that'll be that'll be the one (laughs) actually you know what this is their chance this is the university's chance to pull a big fu to the students that haven't been showing up. (laughs) I mean we've we've reviewed tape of last year's home (laughs)
2: games and you left at halftime. You will not be allowed in.
1: Well, I mean that's the one thing you know OU kind of made a little bit of a wave this morning. When they announce that uh, everything's going digital as far as tickets go, which there is a wonderful thread going on the Twitter that, I've, that Jason Kersey has pointed out to us, where people are already bitching about that because they usually leave. One guy's like, "I usually leave tickets underneath my mat for friends to pick up. How's that going to work?" And the and the OU is like, "Sir, you just you can share them through the app." And then it turned into app my ass. That's got to be a troll.
0: That guy's already what? blocked me on Twitter. I'm, glad, I'm, I'm proud to say that. He's an idiot.
1: <laughs> so then the guy says, uh, so what? Dead phone equals lost tickets? Yeah, dead phone Ooh. equals lost a lot of things.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's a dead phone? When you need a Get yourself an phone. anchor. That's, well, like that's like saying, that oh, so
1: I can't come... fly on a plane if I lost my wallet? No, you can't. Are you telling me I can't go to Europe without a passport? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is America. Well, yeah, you're, you're leaving America, sir. <laughs> but no, I mean, the... the, the in, look, I don't think that this was something that was going to happen regardless. It's been in the works. Uh, but it does, you know, it makes you feel like, oh, well, they're announcing this revamp of the ticket system. It seems like they're preparing for us to go to games. I mean, yeah, I, I think, think that's how are. most people would take anybody it. Anybody
0: that isn't right now is kind of stupid.
3: But I don't expect fans to be in the stadium. I, I did not read the story yet, but anyone read about the, the Buckeyes saying they think they could get twenty to 30000
0: Oh, exactly I think that how, was...
3: How I they was, to, like, block it off or mark it no, off.
0: No, that was... Bob, that's just Gene Smith running his mouth and doesn't know what he's talking about. I think that's basically what it is. It's May 20th. Like, I don't know how they can even expect to start the process of thinking that they're going to only allow twenty to 30,000 fans in. It's just somebody running their mouth in a position of power, and then it gets spread across the internet like a wildfire because people have nothing else better to do than to rewrite it and to... Uh, Plastered all over and retweet it, and honestly, I'm so sick of this shit. Every day, somebody says something.
1: I've been sick of it from the beginning, but I mean, like, I'm just numb to it now because it's just what you're right, Eddie. You and I both railed on this a lot. I mean, I'm just, I'm so numb to it. I don't even care. We've talked about these early alerts going the other way, you know, when they were canceling everything like four months out, and like,
2: what, what are you doing this for? And I certainly get it from that perspective, but I don't know what data they lack or what they would need to know like okay this is feasible this is not feasible like I, I and again i'm with bob i haven't read that story i don't know exactly what gene smith said but just on the broad strokes of 20 to 30,000 people that sounds vaguely like what we've like what has been deemed pol- you know like okay we can we can keep these people this distant they're going to be three people in a row instead of 10 people in a row i mean you're just doing simple math at that point it's not that complicated to figure that out. But obviously, you've got to figure out how you're going to get everybody in so you don't have big lines and those sort of things. But within the stadium, that part seems fairly straightforward.
1: I think, sure. I, I, and I, I want, I'm sure, you know, people, there, there are plenty of smart people at OU, Joe Leon Zach Selman, uh, you know, that can figure this out. But, like, that's the other danger to me, too. Like, how many people are just going to say, like, I would assume OU is going to give the people, the option of either continuing to support the Sooner Club or getting a refund for their tickets. I don't know how that's going to work. But, and I'm sure they don't know at this point. But, like, if that to me is a danger too, because then if you're an athletic department, I just think of it from a business perspective. Like, if you start letting in a third of your season ticket holders, or do you tell them, like, okay, you get this many games and you get this many, like, you can only come to three games but and then this person can come to three games and uh but if you do that the people that don't get tickets won't they want all their money back from the sooner club even their donations like how much money are you going to lose if you do it that way
0: i would think there would be a lot of them especially the ones that are you know basically paying through companies that probably can't afford it right now yeah they're going to want something out of it i let me i i should note too that Gene Smith did answer the million-dollar question uh, during that same interview uh, session that players would not be wearing masks underneath their face masks on the field.
1: Yeah, that's a weird story. it's like, really? You I mean gonna, that, someone think that gonna, was a thing? No, Who there's asked a that? There, there, Who no, there's a no, there's a story about how the NFL is working with like 3M. To, to have some type of a mask element under their helmets.
0: Yeah, I read that.
1: Look, that's not the dumbest thing that's come out today. The dumbest thing that's come out today is the governor of Pennsylvania being mad that Ben Roethlisberger got a haircut. <laughs>
3: oh, boy.
1: I mean, Jesus. I mean, and I feel so bad because I like Brooke Pryor. I, you know, her, I, I like her husband. They're good people. But for her to have to put her name on that story, like... I know she had to write it, and ESPN had to run it, but my God, what are we doing? What are we I doing?
0: I 100% agree.
1: He got a goddamn haircut. Which, and a shave. Don't which, forget the shave. Well, a, tr- a beard trimming and a and a haircut. I mean, you can do that in Oklahoma right now. My my salon, Edward, called me. Asking if I wanted to go ahead and rebook my appointment that I missed. And I did. I thought
0: you were going to say they wanted to book something for me.
1: (laughs) No, I'm just (laughs) saying it's okay to go to a salon. You don't have to go to the guy you've been going to since you were 16.
0: I think my guy died. I haven't gone to him in a couple months. (laughs) No, I'm serious. The place that I went to for about 20 years, literally 20 years, I drove up one day, and it was just gone. There was no sign Nothing.
1: We well, might have just retired if he was that old.
0: Uh, he, he's battling cancer on and off. Kind of a sad oh, story. No. I probably need to like find out. But maybe he listens to the podcast and they will call me and let me know. But, yeah, it was just gone one day. So then I had to go to knockouts. And I'm currently growing a mullet anyways. I'm not doing the hair thing. So uh, maybe the next time you guys see me, I'll have a badass mullet.
1: Yeah. You can only hope. But, yeah, of all the stupid crap that we've had to endure and all the stupid... That's why I'm numb to it, is because someone is outraged that Ben Roethlisberger got a haircut. It's just, just shut up. And that's not directed to Brooke, but just... I guess the governor should have shut up.
0: I think all 50 governors should shut up. Every one of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean i I'm fine with how things are going i'm not I'm not shaming anyone for standing in line at a bar or standing too close to anybody else. You want to do that. You go do that. I'm not going to do that, but you can do that. yeah
0: i'm not I'm not doing the bar thing yet, but i uh, I went out and ate over the weekend. It was delicious, had a a lovely meal. It was good to be out. It was weird to be out. but uh, all things considered on May twentieth, I feel extremely positive, not only about the fact of uh, college football but it's crazy to think that kids are going to even be on campus. Two months ago, I don't know if I was in uh, necessarily this right state. I mean, I think I, even a month ago, I probably would have told you I don't think that there's going to be a season. Uh, but, I mean, shit, I'm almost hopeful that there's going to be an Army game. We'll see. I I don't know if I'm there yet thinking that they're going to play, but uh, it, it seems like everything's moving in the right direction.
1: Yeah, of all the places, I can't see Army allowing – just random people on their campus.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one. Ooh. Now, I, I, you say that, Carrie, and they are having graduation next month. Are like they? a thousand, a thousand cadets on campus?
1: That's a pretty big deal, though. I mean, that's bigger than a football game.
0: Oh no, I, I agree. I agree.
1: I mean, you could argue that might but be graduation from art from the from the uh, the academy is probably top 10 things that would happen in a year
0: covering the third quarter against army spencer rattler first red star that's not a i'd say that's comparable i don't know about you guys but
2: (laughs) Uh, i mean it'd be a big deal if it was like the naval academy but
1: army you know whatever wow it's 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 a school
0: i think josh is biased on this
2: one
1: is it maybe is it the grandfather who was it that was in
2: the name oh I've got it's a whole like bunch like half people, right? like half my my brother my grandfather my
1: two cousins are academy grads like I've got a lot of navy.
2: It, it, so like before
1: I, you piss off, you know most of the listening audience, it's a you have a lot that a lot of that have served in the navy. It's not a yes, yes, I you know disrespect I, I, toward America type thing. Because,
2: because I'm a sports here. guy, I kind of forget one of the general rules. Like Army Navy, you really only talk shit on the day of. Um, I mean, or the week of at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm doing it in the summer. But you know what? I need some sports trash talk in my life right now. So, you know, get mad at me, you know, come at me. Nothing but love for the troops. Nothing but love for the troops. Gonna get a
1: bunch of one star ratings is what you're gonna yeah, do. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but let let's you know let's get some army navy trash talk going now. Let's just let it happen. Right here in the Sooner Scoop Pod. Makes all the sense in the world.
1: So we didn't we didn't uh really rehash, you know, the weekend. Uh, and you know what came out we started talking about kind of just recruits on campus and things like that. but uh, very notable that Mario Williams and Clayton Smith commit and but also I think a little bit perplexing in that you know kids doing this without visiting uh, it's great, but at the same time, I think everyone wonders, okay when things do open back up, how how you know how much. How, you know, Are there going to be, like, happy feet for people to take their visits and kind of will their recruiting process kind of reboot, if you will?
2: I think to some degree you'll see that. I mean, I, you know, I with Mario Williams, it makes sense to me because he's a Florida guy. I mean, they're just – like, Florida guys, their recruiting tends to get a little crazy just for a variety of reasons. But when you look around, I mean, he's not a guy – that has been all over the country. I mean, like, since November, I know of two unofficial visits he's taken, one to Alabama and one to Florida. So it's not like he's gotten out all over the country. Now, might he use some of his official visits? Sure, that's possible. But at the same time, you would think any unofficial he's going to use would probably be to Oklahoma. So maybe Oklahoma gets two trips and everybody else gets one. I mean, whatever the case may be, I like where OU is in that situation the one that's interesting to me is Clayton Smith. Um, I know Clayton told our guy, Sam Spiegelman, that he was, you know, he knew since like last June or July that he was going to go to Oklahoma, and, you know, there was all these things. I, that never really added up to what I was hearing. Um, I don't, and, and I certainly don't mean to say, oh, Clayton's, you know, lying. or It's not that. It's just I had heard he had a real special feeling about Texas, and I can't help but wonder that if Texas can get themselves together and look good on the field, does that let Texas kind of back in the door? I don't know. We'll see what happens because there are some that think Texas just kind of moved on from him. They think the, the Derek Harris kid that Texas has committed from New Caney is a fairly comparable player, and Texas just said, okay, we need to use our scholarships elsewhere. I'm not sure which of those is the truth, but if it's not Texas, I think use fine on Clayton Smith. But I if Texas wants to make a run and they play some good football this fall, that could get interesting. Mario Williams, like I said, I think he'd take some trips, but if Oklahoma can land Caleb Williams, I I just struggle to think that's gonna be a huge problem for them. I think they can hang on to him. But in general, yeah, there's gonna be some chaos. All these commitments that came into all these schools and you know, I include Oklahoma in that there's going to be some movement and shakes. There's no doubt.
3: And I think with OU, it won't be as bad just because you haven't seen that rash of where the heck did this come from type of commitments like you saw with USC and Tennessee and schools like like that where they had no business getting these guys that quickly when they had no pre- uh, previous found uh, foundation with them. And that's where I think the Sooners, when you look at – the commitments they've had during this period, you can go back before the pandemic and talk about the relationship that they were already building with them. And so it didn't come as out of left field. We haven't had that one where it's like, where did this dude even come from? It was never even a hot target. And, and now like two weeks later, he's a probable commit. And that's where I think you've seen that with some of those other schools and with, with, Some of those guys sort of itching to make a move and not knowing what the future stands, and some of those schools being willing to just take the chance. Say, you know what? We'll we'll take his commitment now and hope we can hang hang on to it later. Because it's better to have it and lose it than to never had it to begin with.
2: Bob, I'm not sure I follow. You're telling me that Tennessee (laughs) shouldn't have the number two recruiting class in the country. (laughs) I, I mean, they I should get, it, get some
3: kids. They should lock down Tennessee. There's no doubt about that. And, and they should get some – but there's – when you look at it, like wh- where did this come from? You know, wh- what sparked this huge surge? Like where were they with these bags kids of money, bags of money, in bags January and <laughs> February? That, that's what I'm asking. Like what? I, how, how the heck did they come this far when nothing has changed?
2: I had not looked at it until you said this, and we'll move on from the topic – Tennessee currently has 22 commitments is ranked number two in the country. (laughs) Wow. They have two commitments from the state of Tennessee. Yeah. Two. They've got guys from Georgia, Maryland, North Carolina, Florida. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tennessee's national brand is, you know, never been hotter than
3: 1998. But, um. Doug's. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean,
2: the Doug's effect.
3: Exactly.
2: Doug's. So (laughs) when is tech going to start rolling in some serious commitments? Would it? It'd be amazing if, like, Bryce Foster committed to Texas Tech tomorrow. I know OU fans don't agree, but that, that would feed the whole story. Like, just recruits just follow Dougs all over the country.
1: <laughs> what if Dougs goes to Maryland next? Okay. Oh, By the way, oh, wow, that, see, that's too far, Carrie. You went too far. <laughs> <in it. laughs> well, I mean, let me ask you what is Tulia Tagovailoa? Uh Does that pretty much tell us everything we need to know, about, even though we've, we've been saying for a while that we think oh, OU leads with Caleb Williams. I know Bob, or I think Bob or Eddie had pointed out that they were looking at his follows recently, uh, and yeah. it, it screams uh, oh, OU commit uh, just by it, who he's following.
0: It feels like the worst kept secret in the country. I, I, I think that that's just the the most simple way to say it.
3: And Maryland fans have turned on Williams, too. Yeah, that's true.
0: um,
3: The the breaking
0: news there is that Maryland has football
3: fans.
1: Yeah, I know. That is really bizarre. But I
3: guess they're okay if Caleb picks OU. They get it. What they're more mad about is they feel Caleb is going to take some of the best uh, top-tier kids in that area with him to norman but maryland that's the
1: thing maryland doesn't lay claim to the best players in that Uh, region
3: (laughs) i mean
1: mean, if it were like west virginia virginia (laughs) tech or something i mean yeah then you got a point maybe you know to be pissed but maryland has no claim on those
0: maryland football football, who cares i know they beat texas twice (laughs) they beat texas twice and they have one of the greatest lines in any movie ever crab cakes and football that's it that's all that maryland has
2: So, okay, guys, the last 10 follows for Caleb Williams, Tommy Hill, a safety that has recently put Oklahoma in his final five or six, uh, Sean Murphy, DeMond Harmon, one of OU's defensive back offers, Kendall Daniels, Marvin Mims, Michael Henderson, Seth McGowan, (laughs) um, Devon Graham, Josh Eaton, Nate Anderson, and Kendall Dennis. What
0: did you take out of that, Josh? You're the uh, (laughs) the expert.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you, Eddie. You want to leave the heavy lifting (laughs) to the recruiting experts. Uh, But no, I I did leave out Arian Smith, uh, the wide receiver at the University of Georgia. He is the one guy that isn't a screaming. um, Let's put it this way: he's the one guy that I don't also follow. Um, So, I, you know, crazier things have happened. Things can change. Oklahoma is in a very, 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 very good spot with Caleb Williams. Um, I What's interesting to me at this point is we're hearing all this Fourth of July talk, and I, I think, you know, we've all heard some conversations this week that, that that's kind of what seems to be uh, kind of earmarked at this point. Does he really wait that long if there is a chance to start – you know, if you start seeing other guys getting down to their final three, final two – does he want to run the risk of that guy might go somewhere else because he's not sure what I'm doing now, privately, I'm pretty sure Caleb Williams is not being as coy as he is publicly. I mean, and we, we, again, we've just discussed how coy he's being publicly. So, you know, privately it may be even more clear, but what we know is, you know, high school kids know that, you know, I'm fickle, you're fickle. Everybody does kind of their own thing. Are they really going to trust Caleb Williams? Like I'm going to pick that school and then see what you do. I think it's pretty clear Mario Williams has
1: that trust, but do, do a lot of other guys? We'll,
2: we'll kind of have to see how that plays.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we've all been saying like, you know, why, why wait? Why? And I, you know, I, I assume, and we all assumed it was kind of he's locked into his his uh, digest or his diary or whatever mm-hmm. uh, that he's been doing, but. Yeah, I, I just almost think the kid just like needs to come out there because it's, it's to the point where n- no one's going to be surprised. Like
3: That's the thing. Kind of... like, uh, if, if he wants to do July 4th and all that stuff, that's totally fine. And I think that's what the hot dog emoji has been about the entire time because what's more American than a hot dog on July 4th? But the way he's gone about it, because he's so active on social media, he hasn't left any room for... An, interpretation and I he's mean, working like he out does, with yeah. an ou if,
1: football if, shirt on with other quarterbacks and yeah like it, yeah, this isn't gunner keel
3: for like two <laughs> three weeks then like okay there's some drama there's some intrigue but the way he acts just makes you think like why you know i know you wanted to wait but at this point why
2: and people would kind of want like oh you know why are you guys talking about the timeline to put it in perspective Nine of the ten pro style quarter, top ten pro-style quarterbacks in the country are committed. Seven of the top ten dual-threat quarterbacks in the country are committed. Quarterbacks just commit early. I mean, some of these guys, uh, Sam Hard has been committed to Washington for almost two years now. Like, I mean, some of these guys have been committed for a really long time, and then you get, you know, a situation like this. Like I said, and I do want to be clear about one thing. Somebody asked me on the board today, you know, who's, who would you compare Caleb to as a recruiter? Like, as a player, who's had this much impact? I've never seen anything like this before. Never. What The stuff yep. I'm hearing, I've never seen it before. I've never seen guys that I thought OU was a fringy top five, top six team for to suddenly I'm hearing oh, OU may get this guy.
0: Is Is there anything that you can put your finger on, Josh, just as far as like uh, my first reaction to that is like why why now I I'm just just reading the kind of the uh, the tea leaves or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't seem like Caleb Williams like I I guess he doesn't come across as like a Baker Mayfield personality more so uh do you, you get what I'm saying though like like what is it about Caleb Williams that everybody is attracted to we always heard that about Buki and I think that You know, we kind of know why he has a great personality, just a good guy to be around. What is it about Caleb Williams that everybody is so infatuated?
2: I think he is. I I think he's very likable. I I think he comes across, and I think he's very, he's very, for a guy his age, very organized and very much understands what the plan is. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. There's not the, a lot of young guys, I mean, guys, you know, we were all there, like, You're just kind of going from day to day. He's clearly got a plan. I mean, you look at his follows. I mean, he is befriending other recruits, not just in his class in 2022. Like, he knows it's not just my class that has to be good. Wherever I go, I've got to build up the roster all the way around me if I want to win national titles and set myself up for the NFL draft and do all the things that I want to do. He has a very clear image of that, and I think he's a guy that has grown up. You know, his dad – Runs a training facility or is – I don't know if he runs it. I think he's the part owner in a training facility in the D.C. area. And so he's got a lot of connections through that. And I also think some of it is just pure movement. He is constantly talking to somebody, DMing somebody, finding somebody new to talk to. Like there are – I mean, like as you watch a guy – you know, like maybe he'll pick up offers from OU and LSU in a couple of days. All of a sudden, Caleb Williams is following the guy, and you know he's talking to him. So when you add that into guys, one of the top five players in the entire country and kind of everybody knows who he is, it gets easier to recruit. But, I, I mean, you could say that of a lot of guys that don't have this impact, I mean, that, that didn't connect with guys on this level. Um, I I think it's pretty clear, and, I you know, I will completely own that I've not had the chance to talk to him. Maybe we should bring Adam Friedman on to kind of have that conversation. But I, it's clear he's a very engaging guy and very, you know, guys connect to him. Like, we you know, we haven't really gotten into it, but the Emeka Ibuka kid that had OU in his final four last week is kind of one of the guys I was talking about. Did not seem like OU had any chance there. And since Williams has gotten involved, I mean, they've been open there talking to each other. All of a sudden, Oklahoma is climbing the charts quickly on him.
3: Yeah, with Josh, we talk about Omeka and then if you want to talk more about Tristan Lee, I know that's another one that's been pretty fascinating to watch.
2: Yeah, with Igbuka, I mean, we've got, uh, you know, I've got Oklahoma. It's been up since early this morning. Um, they're, uh, you know, for those that aren't members, it's just kind of a midweek, kind of scoopish type feature where we just go over some of the stuff that's happening in the middle of the week that kind of can't wait for scoop. Um I don't want to go into too much of it, but I mean, there's no question. Like I said, oh, he, he last week, uh, Egbuka, who is the number one receiver in the country, he's number 11 overall, uh, you know, regardless of position, uh, with Mario Williams right behind him at number 12. So, I mean, that kind of gives you some perspective on who this guy is and to me is a dead ringer for CeeDee Lamb. I, I've rarely seen... Two players that remind me more of each other than Egbuka and C D. They are mirror images of each other to my to my eyes. So it, it I you know uh, again to give some perspective here, he listed a, t- a final four late last week. I think it was Friday. Um, Friday
3: afternoon,
2: yes. Yeah, yep. it was. Yeah, that's right. It was after the Mario Williams announcement. Uh, yeah, the Mario Williams announcement. So he had Washington, the hometown team. It's a Seattle area guy. Uh, then he had Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State. Well, for months, Ohio State has been the perceived leader. There's been no question that's where he was going to go. Ohio State's done a nice job recruiting in Seattle in recent years, including landing another, uh, you know, Rivals 100 receiver just from there last year, a kid named G. Scott. So Oklahoma really felt like almost the outsider on this deal because Clemson had been involved for a lot longer. They were thought to be in there. Obviously, Washington he's got a connection to. Oklahoma almost felt like the throwaway school. But talking to some people this week, he has – some people that know him well are talking like Oklahoma m- might be the choice if it was today. I mean, that, that's crazy how much that's changed in just a few weeks. And that's what scares you is because does that hold up? Does that last over months and months when he may wait a while to make his decision? We'll see. We don't know that answer. But he also has Oklahoma in his top four and has never been to campus before. So there's a lot they can do there. Uh, the other is Tristan Lee, the big offensive tackle from Virginia, his, his connection to Caleb Williams is a little easier to understand. They're regional. They've run into each other at camps. They know each other somewhat. I have heard talk that really if you were going to – Tristan Lee has talked about, I'm going to wait a while. I'm not in a hurry to make my decision. He's the number two offensive tackle in the country. He can wait as long as he wants to at just about any school in the country. But if he were going to announce this summer – I literally had the conversation with someone that said, if he was going to announce this summer, I think he'd pick Oklahoma because that's the only school – that I think he would jump on board early to kind of, to be part of that Caleb Williams train.
0: How much do you think, How much do you guys think that just the, you talk about a guy like a Mario Williams, even that is committed or a yeah. Mecca uh, that hasn't visited. How much of those, how much do you think that has been given to the virtual tour and, and making things, I guess comfortable for those guys to be able to act like they or have seen the university or what is there is to offer in norman does that make sense
2: sure oh no i, I like i said I, I have talked to at this point now probably 15 guys that have done the virtual visits and they all i mean it, there there's literally i've not heard one guy that wasn't like that's that's the best one i've ever done like i mean cuz a lot of these guys have done half a dozen of these or more by now and every single guy is like, that is amazing what Oklahoma's doing. Like, I feel like I know the campus. I've seen everything I could want to see. Uh, you know, they, and I mean, you know, guys are absolutely like, I still want to go and check it out, but there is absolutely this feeling that if, if I went to campus, it would just be confirming what I already know. Like, it's not a, oh, I'm kind of going in there blind. Like they feel like they've seen it and now they just want to experience it.
0: I would follow up on that by saying that I heard that on Mario Williams virtual visit, uh, it included Lincoln Riley wearing a baseball Jersey and or uniform. I don't know if there was a bottom on it, but uh, I know Zach Heffley has
2: God, been I hope he of bottoms. as far as
0: the video part.
2: Are you thinking he was just in a jockstrap, Eddie?
0: Well, that's what I've envisioned. That's kind of what I've had in my mind for the last <laughs> week, but I mean, who knows?
2: I, I, you know, I can't say that I've heard the jockstrap thing. That is news to me, Eddie. I, I'll, I'll have to get to the, the – well, I was going to say the bottom of that, but I don't want to go. No,
0: I'm kidding about the jockstrap. That was in a fantasy. But uh, I have heard that shit has been awesome, the
2: way that they've been able to present
0: that to students.
2: Yeah. Um, what I would say, and, you know, and I, I kind of mentioned it with the Mario Williams we did the emergency podcast, but it's not just Mario Williams and baseball. Bryce Foster, the track team, has played a huge role in Oklahoma's run at Bryce Foster. They, that staff, uh, you know, obviously with the new the new coaches being moved from interim to full-time, there is a lot there that they have done to help Oklahoma. You know, talking to Bryce himself, he told me last week, he goes, there are other staffs I've talked to a couple of times, their track, their track groups. He goes, I talk to them almost as much as I talk to the football staff. So Oklahoma is doing a really good job putting a concerted effort together for these multi-sport athletes
0: it, it's kind of interesting too because that's not something that i necessarily like even going into the high school ranks and uh I, i'll put up a q a that i have with uh, johnson this morning like you even go into the high school ranks and you'll have coaches battling for guys so to see that happen at the college level is a little bit unique in a way uh,
2: absolutely i mean like y- you see all the time whether it's you know and and there's two ways you'll see guys that are like well we need you to focus on basketball and then you see the coaches they're like "Well, this guy was a multi-sport athlete and you know michael jordan played football in in high school you know that kind of thing so you get two very different sides to that argument but in college i mean it's that's going to be tough you know and i've talked to bryce foster about you know how he would work that out and he even mentioned you know maybe my first year i wouldn't do it or you know what like there's some there's some hills they would have to climb to kind of make it work um but i mean i it's clear both programs are more than willing to try to get guys this talented on campus
1: well and there there hasn't been a whole lot of that you had uh, Kevin bookout that was uh world class discus thrower wasn't it um and like he he i mean he kind of had to wait for his basketball career to get over so he could really focus on that and he you know I think he had that injury, that shoulder injury that kind of set him back too. But yeah, it's just tough for everybody. I mean, it's, it's, it was, Cody Thomas was clearly not the Cody Thomas and uh, that, you know, that he was. And there was a really good article in The Athletic talking about kind of his, this is about a month and a half ago or so, uh, just talking about how difficult that was for him trying to do both. And we know Kyler was kind of up and down a little bit. And heck, go back to Brandon Jones. He, He really had a tough time with it, um, trying to play both.
0: It's kind of going to be funny looking back on it, but I don't think that – and somebody even mentioned this on the message board. uh, I think it was today even. I don't think that we credit Kyler Murray enough with what he was able to pull off in about a – I don't know. Let's call it a 400-day span there as far as going back and forth from OU, from football to baseball – and then, you know, competing through the spring it, and and even excelling to an extent on the baseball field as much as he did. I don't think people realize, like, how long the layoff was for him since he had played high school baseball. And then for the way that he was able to perform on the football field, like, I just... I, we'll look back on it in 20 years, I think, and marvel <clears> at it even more so than we do now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was... it, it I, And I think that the thing that... You know, it, it kinda sucks is that he was backed up against Baker. Um and he he did play the one year, but I don't know. I, I I almost think after one year, like Kyler's gonna be the one that has the better pro career than Baker. Even though Baker could be great. I mean
0: Yeah. It, it I mean it, the way it, Murray's ability to throw the deep ball, and I know that it's kind of the sexy thing to talk about because I saw a video today, so it's right in the front of my brain. Or is it in the back of the brain? Either or. <laughs> he can throw the shit of the
2: ball.
0: There is no doubt about that. I don't think I even realize how well Kyler throws the deep ball.
1: Yeah, and that was the thing about, you know, Hurts. It was like he at least wasn't embarrassing with his velocity uh, or how he threw the football, but he wasn't Kyler or Baker.
2: That is the most glowing compliment Jalen Hurts has gotten. Yes, in finally! we gave
1: Jalen Hurts a compliment. And the quote was, oh, yeah.
2: he wasn't embarrassing.
0: Uh, let's change subjects then. That's too
1: much
3: positivity. <laughs> uh, we're done here.
1: By the way, Josh, anything other major? By the way, I want to congratulate you. Uh, you included one of my favorite interviews of all time in your Oklahoma today, Brian Jackson, who oh, yeah. is one of my favorites because uh, when he found out they were going to the Sun Bowl back in 2009. He was very honest about how scared he was to go to El Paso because there were all kinds of... It was, like, it was like Breaking Bad, you know, heads on turtles back in those days. The cartel was really, like, coming across the border and doing hits and shit. I mean, it was insane at that period. And it's probably... I don't know how it is now. Uh, but even Eddie was a little afraid of being around the border at times back in those days. But he basically was like, he just said, yeah, I'm kind of scared shitless to go to El Paso of, of, of all the stuff I've heard.
0: I've survived you know, you, COVID. I, I'll, I'll face anything.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's COVID. It's not over.
3: Oh, it's no, over, no. He's decommitted I don't, from COVID. I don't know
0: hey, Eddie opted out. Won. Decommitted.
2: Eddie opted out.
0: We Brother, we won. It's over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fine. I expect you to be standing in line at Logies tomorrow night.
0: I don't. I didn't go that far. I wouldn't say that.
2: <laughs> you are gonna hit sugars? Okay.
3: Maybe. <laughs> well, that's just for the name, image, and likeness.
2: <laughs> oh, he's working on the bridge. Eddie, Eddie never loses yeah. sight of the dream.
3: No, I,
0: I. That would be that'd be stupid on my part. You know. It, well, did you guys see? Uh, and I we can hold off on this until the we get done with recruiting because Josh, I know that you need to pop out of here in a little bit but uh, the Viking thing is interesting did you see what the Minnesota Vikings are offering as far as possibly setting up tailgates for fans even if they couldn't allow fans into the stadium no, I didn't it basically would be like a I don't want to say a beer garden because you know social distancing would be observed and things like that. But basically they would sell beer in parking lots out in front of the stadium, even though fans couldn't come in. And it kind of made me think like what's going to happen with OU and all that kind of stuff, but we can save that. I I know there's a little bit more recruiting stuff to get into.
1: I tell you what, let's do the Bob and Josh pod right now, Bob, you can just run this thing.
3: (laughs) A little sample for
1: those who missed it.
3: You know, I think we're, we're still sort of just, uh, waiting, not not on eyes you know we know the eyes might be running a little a little bit differently but we had in, some info last week that may suggest that more stuff was coming but still just playing the waiting game
2: yeah there i i think right now you know and i don't want to get too much into you know who the guys are because like i said there there have been as i said in the <laughs> last week's emergency pod. In the old world, world of Lincoln Riley's eyes, there would be some eyeballs out right now. The way things are operating now, we're all kind of waiting for that day to come. So, I am keeping an eye. I would, you know, the good news for a lot of Oklahoma fans that are worried about this role, I'm keeping an eye in the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. That that's kind of where I'm expecting the next action to happen. So, we'll have to see what you know. um, One of the more interesting stories is Isaiah Coe, the um, defensive tackle from Iowa Western. Announced he's going to commit, I believe it was June 5th, um, and then you've got Christian Leary on the 6th, I believe, if I've got those in the right order. Yes. Yep. Um, Coe is obviously the former teammate of Perrion Winfrey, Oklahoma's current defensive tackle from Iowa Western. Uh, Coe is a big, powerful guy, real kind of run-stopper guy. Not what you would say has really been – the hallmark of what uh, Alex Grinch has really done since he got to Oklahoma. But he is a good athlete. I mean, he's not the big, long guy, but he does have some explosiveness. So he's not just your, you know, kind of plug in the middle. He can can shoot gaps. He can do some different things. So there are things to like about him. The question right now, though, is what do Oklahoma's numbers look like? Can they take him along with two high school guys, you know, with a Shamar Turner or a Marcus Burris or a Kelvin Gilliam? I don't know the answer to that yet. And I I, honestly, I think people sometimes think that OU just knows, like, okay, this is what we're going to do from January 1st to December 31st. Like, it doesn't work like that. You you don't get to operate in a vacuum. Things are always moving because Oklahoma right now may say, okay, we feel really good about a couple of our high school guys. We got two JC guys last year. We're not going to rush that. But a week from now, as you get closer to Coe's announcement, they may feel like okay we're kind of slipping with this high school guy that we thought we were in good shape with maybe we should take co and kind of have those numbers in place so that we're not left you know kind of holding the bag after co announces for some other school so you you've got to kind of watch it i don't know that a final decision has been made on what they're going to do there but talking to people if Oklahoma really wants to push for co and i've talked to co himself it sure sounds like they're in a pretty good spot
3: Is that one of the unintended consequences of not having spring football? Like you couldn't gauge the development of some of your guys. So you couldn't know fully how to attack the recruiting trail. Like if I'm I'm not saying this, this is a guy that's, that sucks. But if Corey Roberson doesn't develop, doesn't that entice you more to go after a tackle where if Corey ends up becoming a huge star, Maybe you're not, you know, you're not looking in that direction as, as, as hard as you might be otherwise.
2: Oh, I think that's a great point. And I think it goes both ways, Bob. Yeah, like you got a guy like Corey Roberson that you don't get to know where he really is. And on the flip side, maybe you're not sure if, okay, we're willing to, you know, we thought going into the spring, Shamar Turner is a guy we'd wait the whole time on. But maybe in the you know in a perfect world, you had gotten to go to all the spring practices of Calvin Gilliam and Marcus Burris, and one of those guys really came along and you said, you know what, we'll take him, and we're not going to worry about waiting for Shamar Turner or whatever else we feel like we want to do. We know we like him enough. So that is, I mean, you're having to play, they're having to assume a lot of things based on information they would normally have but just don't right now.
0: What do you make of the Shamar Turner situation, Josh?
2: It's really interesting. He's one of those guys like a lot, of, you know, the Tristan Lee stuff or the uh, Mecca Ibuka stuff. There's no doubt like what direction that's heading. Everybody I talk to, it's the same story. Oklahoma is making a positive move. You started hearing the same stuff with Shamar Turner early this week, kind of late last week. And. That's all I heard. And then last night I had a conversation with someone who had spoken to him. And it was kind of a, yeah, you know, Oklahoma's kind of there, but it sounded more like A&M, Texas, LSU, Alabama, and I believe Georgia was the other one. Now, I think there is some I, – I, I get the impression that A&M, uh, Alabama, UT, and LSU are kind of out in front a little bit. And then, like, Georgia and Oklahoma are kind of there. Now, that's one person. That doesn't make it that way. That doesn't, you, know, you don't know what the context of the conversation was exactly, but it is someone I trust, and so it, it gets really interesting to see um, just how that might play out. So I, I, I think Oklahoma has made a good move for him. I don't know if it's going to be enough, especially with a lot of rumors that he is starting to think about making a decision earlier than
1: maybe he had originally planned to. I'm uh, I'm concerned for Lincoln Riley. Just seem you know he's been hurt now. The emoji change in emoji procedure. <laughs> Just you know, Eddie, you have a on that. Man. You, you Jansons last Jansons. week. Are we
0: officially are we officially saying that that is the new thing? Is that is that set in stone according to uh, the recruiting
3: guys? Uh, I mean, it was a good indication Friday because remember in the past. When there's been a kid that said I'm gonna announce at this certain time, Lincoln has made sure to never put eyes out as to not ruin the kid's moment. And in both cases he put the eyes out for Mario and Clayton just minutes or just moments before they went public. And I mean there's still two out there. His heart still heal is
1: his heart's still healing, Eddie.
3: Yeah, uh, March first and March twenty second are still out there and I think they're still legitimately out there, not like guys that we think are gonna, that have de-decommitted and are about to go with another program. But the way he might do it from now on just sounds like when you give him the silent, that's good, that's great, and maybe that leads to the the fire emoji or something that he had last Tuesday. But in terms of the actual eyes, it, 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 that's not gonna happen as early as it as it used to, and. You know, to kind of keep us on our toes too. I mean, we're we're gonna have to actually do our job again instead of just waiting for eyes and then going backward and trying to figure it out. I think, I think we, he'd be
0: really badass if he came out with his own emoji. Like, do away with everything that's already been done. Just they need get to, with like, Twitter. We an Riley emoji that he could send out there. Maybe with like, uh, like maybe him smoking a cigarette. Like a uh, a uh, what would be what would that be like? The if if if, if he was like a black figure. And it was around, what? surrounded by, what What would that be called? What, I, what am I thinking of? Somebody help me here. I think that's Lincoln called Riley's Blackface. Kind of black.
1: I,
2: silhouette,
0: oh, silhouette. It's called
2: Cultural Appropriation. Eddie. Yes. Oh, Way okay. to go, Tropic okay. Thunder.
0: We're gonna say a, like a silhouette of Lincoln Riley smoking a cigarette out of sugars or like 747 or Logies. That'd be pretty badass if that was like his next eyeball emoji.
2: But he, What he, do you I mean, you people, Eddie? Yeah, what do you mean?
0: I don't know what did I say? I blacked out.
1: <laughs> I think if we ever see Lincoln Riley in person again, I will I'll, I'll maybe I should go out and get him something from the Jane Seymour Open Heart collection. Just give it to him.
0: <laughs> like a uh, a rewelcoming gift? Yeah, you know? like
1: just open your heart to to new experiences, <laughs> Lincoln. We've all been burned. You can come back from this. <laughs> I don't even know what Jane Seymour says in that commercial, but I know it's funny. Considering she was kitty cat.
2: That's two Wedding that
0: Crasher. Uh, yeah. Shadows in one pod. How about that? One pod for
3: two Wedding Crasher moments.
1: What was the other one? I missed it.
3: Crab cakes. Oh, yeah,
1: oh yeah. yeah. I almost forget
2: that's part of the movie. It's such a common... Gif now I'm like you just see it GIF. like
1: is it I man that's it's one of those GIF, I, will not, on. I will not I will not on my watch I will not allow gif to be used I'm sorry No like I
2: I I'm one of those people like I want to say things the way they're supposed to be said I can't keep it straight in my head The like,
1: inventor just, of I, the gif says it's gif but you know what screw him
3: Nope it's gif
1: Yeah okay. I only recognize gif <laughs> GIF just is, a black GIF so GIF is, is in, in my, my pantry. It was
2: just a, it's a black hole you't do even, you even hear the word
1: no it's it, it it's a mini trigger I'll admit I just don't <laughs> like it I don't like Jiff. that's Bad. peanut butter <laughs> um god i mean i it's just been so crazy, I mean just with recruiting and mm-hmm. you know a lot of interest and things like that and it, now it does seem like we're starting to get more and more coming in on reopening and you know, It's going to be interesting seeing the golf stuff this weekend. I did watch some of the NASCAR. I, hell, I was watching the iRacing when it was going on, so of course I was going to watch regular NASCAR.
0: The ratings definitely reflected that. <laughs> I think that they welcomed in an audience that they never expected in a million years.
1: By the way, uh, Bob, any, any real issues with the ending of uh, Last Dance? Uh,
3: my only issue is as much as They kind of showed Kiffin's worst moments. They didn't show his best. When he tells Carl Malone the mailman doesn't deliver on Sundays, and Malone bricks two free throws, that was awesome. That was a moment that should have been discussed.
1: Yeah, everybody's kind of picking it apart now that it's over. Like a little bit, they wanted this, and it's now people are starting to come out and and say, "Well, Horace Grant specifically." My God, he's got some anger built up, doesn't he?
3: He does. He always has, though.
2: So Bob, judge's ruling. You're you're our resident bulls expert. Was Horace
1: Grant a source? Was he the snitch?
3: Well, I guess he had a strong history of always going to the media. So it would But don't you think Jerry
1: makes... Reinsdorf was also dropping that stuff off? That was his only way to get back at Jordan for being such a dick to him.
0: (laughs) It seemed like that whole thing was just everybody was stabbing each other in the back. Like, I, I think everybody was involved, it seemed like.
2: Is it amazing to anyone else that that team had all the success it did with all the damn drama in the background? Like, and it makes you wonder, like, did, like, were the Celtics of the 60s, like, was Bill Russell, like, constantly at odds with and, like red hourback and what? how
1: did they do it with all the media coverage too yeah all the distractions of the media to deal with i the time. almost
3: the, i think the warriors would be fascinating with draymond and durant i sure. think that could have the same type of and the scrutiny with the media there too
1: but would anybody yeah, be likable in that documentary maybe documentary. Like, I think Steph Curry's pretty likable. Yeah,
3: yeah I think the lens of Curry, and you talk about these uh, these other guys.
1: Clay Thompson, I, he would be the mystery to me. You might find out he's a really nice guy. You might find out he's a big old douche because his dad certainly runs his mouth.
0: I think that the I think it's probably somewhere in between on him, Curry. Uh, I think he's might be a little bit of a douche, but I bet he's a, probably a pretty good guy. He's always kind of come across to me as somebody that would be pretty cool to kick it with.
1: Yeah, I could see it either way. Yeah. I just don't, no, I don't really sure. know.
0: That's the one thing that I just kept thinking about even through maybe all 10 episodes. Like the way that that team worked and the way that just everything was back then, seeing how it would be in 2020 is just it it, it I don't think it could have happened. I guess that's probably my final answer. I don't think that it could have happened the way that it did. Like I don't think that they would have been able to coexist with as much uh, toxicity that was in that locker room in 2020. That's all people would talk about. Let is, me, let me ask you guys this. Said this, Michael Jordan said this or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it was always constantly, can you comment on this comment about you or that somebody else said or whatever, let me ask you guys this. If there is a period of OU football, it doesn't have to be stoops, but if there's a period of OU football, you would love to see a 10 part documentary on that covered, you know, years, if you will, or a season. It could be one season, whatever. it wouldn't have to be 10 parts, but, like, what would that period know you football be?
0: Oh, man, anything that involves Barry Switzer, I don't know about you guys, but that would be just probably because I wasn't mostly alive for any of it. I would love to go back to the mid-'80s and see what that thing was like. What what do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I, I would have to think, if you're talking that era from, like, 78 to 86 or maybe maybe not even that long like maybe like 81 to 88 like where it kind of looked like he was in trouble Look, if you came back yeah if you you took the the whole thing
1: if you started with Troy Aikman arriving at the University of Oklahoma and finished with Barry Switzer retiring forced retiring that'd be I think that might be the best docket because you'd have the boss you'd have Jamel Holloway taking over for Aikman you're winning a national championship uh you have the, the, the gun, the oozy the Buster Rhymes, uh what's his name? P- P- Jerry Parks, uh all that stuff. It'd be a sad way to end a documentary. But I think that might be the best, most gripping era of OU football.
3: You couldn't go ten episodes, but Schnellenberger I've loved to to watch not 10 episodes worth of, of that what blake. if you just
1: did it like the post you did a post switzer football where you had like you wrap up to the end of gibbs then you have the hiring of schnellenberger the one-year disaster on into blake and just because there's got to be some if you were a fly on the wall you had to see some just ridiculous stuff during the john blake era was, the four-year yeah, run of schnellenberger and when, blake I mean, could got, be amazing
0: You'd be talking to guys like Rex Ryan. I mean, that would be I bet there would be some pretty good juice in there.
1: Well, you know, you know, uh well, Dick Winder's gone. He's he's passed away. Um, but Oh, what's his name? Quarterback guy. Why am I forgetting oh, his name? Joe Dickinson. Joe Dickinson. Joe Dickinson. Yep. He would be a fascinating character. And the whole the whole Steve Owens to Joe Castiglione transfer of power would be kind of interesting. <laughs>
0: to be honest, that's a time period that I think a lot of people would just rather forget. Yeah, I don't, they,
1: I don't yeah. need a documentary about that. I can understand <laughs> yeah. that. It, it would be like a bunch of o, like
2: OSU and Texas fans just watching the train wreck that was Oklahoma for those four years. Well,
1: what I'm saying, yeah, but that would be, it wouldn't be so OU fan centric, but I think it would be more gripping to people outside of Oklahoma. Just Agreed. to see that that don't know OU as anything except the national title contender.
0: Shit, it'd be a lot of the, the the recruits that they're going out and trying to recruit now and current players that just weren't alive for any of
3: that. It'd be all yeah, of them. Yeah, nowadays they weren't even alive for the national championship.
0: Oh yeah, I remember you like <laughs> first, one of my first old moments was when I realized that the kids that OU was recruiting that more specifically Josh Heupel was recruiting, didn't even know that he played at OU.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Oh, I can
2: tell you there are kids that I have talked to that were very clear that DeMarco Murray played football for the Cowboys and the Eagles, but weren't overly aware
1: of where he played
2: college football. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you think about it i mean yeah. it, i mean, they were eight he, yeah he, he was yeah. he was a great player for oklahoma helped kevin wilson basically revolutionize offense and oh here we go here we and, go No, no 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 i'm just saying but he he probably is more known just in his career for what he did with the cowboys and how good he was there like that were those were his best years as a football player because he was he just traded time with chris brown so much It drove us all crazy. um, All right. Well, that's going to do it. Josh has got to get out of here. And uh, I think we've gotten uh, most everything that we needed to get uh, out there today. I did finish watching The Boys on Amazon. I can highly recommend that. That's very good. So. uh, A lot of fun. You've seen it, Josh?
2: Yeah, I watched it. Don't you think? Isn't
1: it weird how much... The more you watch that Homelander, you start to think that's uh, uh, what's his name, Cooper, um, uh, the guy, the guy, the the guy in Wedding Singer, uh, Wedding Crashers. Oh,
2: uh,
1: yes, yes, there are certain moments he looks a lot like Bradley Cooper.
2: Bradley Cooper exactly is who right. I'm thinking yep. of. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, I couldn't get there for a second. But uh, yeah,
1: the last episode is just—it's a great twist.
2: Yep. Yep, there's a lot like I said, there is a lot to like there. So it's all I mean, it's fun, but it's kind of like it's you get dark all your superhero fix.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. very dark. All right, uh that's gonna do it. Appreciate everybody for listening. We'll be back again next week. Uh thanks to Josh Eddie. What's his last name again?
0: Uh, I believe that would be McQuestion.
1: Still. <laughs> Still. 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 Thanks to Bob Prisbillow. I think Eddie can say that name, but we don't have any more time. So uh, I'm Kerry Murdoch. We'll see you guys back here next week on another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.